Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, one by one. We will not be providing any spoilers for future episodes, but we will, of course, be discussing details from previous episodes. You sounded a little bit like a River Song when you said spoilers. Thank you. Um, I, uh, uh, brief tangent, I, uh, my text tone on my phone is River Song saying spoilers. And one point recently I was watching the episode that it was taken from and it, when she said it, it kind of for a minute, I was like, wait, <laughs> like I started to reach for my phone. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, not being able to tell the difference between what is my telephone and what is television. I'm Harrison. And I'm Jason. And I really want the cereal box prize. <laughs> Dawn knows what's up. She's, uh, yeah. She, her priorities are... Yeah, her 10-year-old priorities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Uh, we are watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 4, Out of My Mind. This is an episode that is half great when it's focusing on Spike's and Harmony's uh, adventure to try to get the chip out of Spike's brain. It is also half not great when it's focusing on Riley's dumb heart. Yep, it's basically Riley has insecurities in the episode. Yeah. Out of My Mind was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by David Grossman and originally aired on October 17th in the year 2000. Good job, Jason, on autocorrecting the script where I did not change the episode from last week. Yeah, you know, I'm here for you. Jason, what are you drinking today? I'm having some bourbon, just like uh, last time. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking today? I, I'm also having some bourbon, but I mixed it up a bit. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a chilly day, and my sinuses have been a little like... So I, I made myself some hot apple cider, and I splashed some bourbon in there. It's not a hot toddy, but it's like... It's in the hot toddy family. I'm going to call it hot... Rebecca. <laughs> it's a hot Rebecca. <laughs> A hot Rebecca. Um, uh, <laughs> kind of like the uh, kind of like the hot Rebecca who wrote this episode. Uh, that's actually I was like, where did I come up with the name Rebecca? Yeah, it's because of Rebecca Rankershner. Um Actually, I'm gonna look up and see uh, if she's hot or not. Oh no, I was gonna look <laughs> up and see if there actually is a name for what I'm drinking: hot cider and bourbon. Oh, it's just a bourbon spiked apple cider is what it's called. So I'm having a bourbon spiked apple cider. Uh, so yeah, she totally is hot. Yeah. Oh, damn. Is that a recent picture? Uh, it looks to be. Looks like she's also a writer on 90210. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, she's 47. Damn. I mean, she looks like she's in her 30s. In that picture. She looks a little bit like um, if Heather Graham and Amanda Seyfried had a love child together. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see it. It's the eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she had a great smile, too. Yeah. Oh, so this is her first uh, her first Buffy episode that she wrote. The name didn't sound familiar when you read it, um, or when I read it. <laughs> but she... Uh, 
has written, uh, she wrote, basically will write several more from here to the end of the series. Um, most notably, I'll say, and there's a lot of good episodes on this list, but the one that really pops out is, uh, Tabula Rasa. Ah, cool. Yeah. She also wrote some, uh, oh, she was, oh, never mind. I'm not going to hold it against her. She was a co-executive producer of Gilmore Girls, but during season seven. Yeah, I don't think it's her fault. Um, yeah, let's the, just let's just blame that on the C on the CW, oh, yeah. the WB, the CW, because that was the year that, that was the first year of the CW, okay. and uh, the person basically the I, my understanding is was the president of UPN who took over everything when the two merged and like kind of went out of her way to sabotage any of the WB shows that survived, like. I think except for Smallville because it was still a pretty significant ratings mm-hmm. juggernaut for them. Um, so anyway, um, a toast. Um, well, I had one toast I was going to do. I'll, I'll still do it. So uh, John and I were supposed to get our COVID boosters today um, and then our appointment got canceled, unfortunately. Uh, but still, a toast to science and to vaccines and to uh, the medical profession uh, doctors out there, may you never be kidnapped by Spike and Harmony, or have to operate on Riley. I will always toast the science. Yeah. Here, ooh, that's warm. I love, mm-hmm. I love a good warm drink. Like that first sip, they're just like you'd feel like you'd go down feel, your esophagus. Yeah, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> esophagus. Um. Uh. Speaking of sexy. Uh, Buffy is doing her best angel impression. Uh, she's dressed head to toe in black leather, except for a very nice lavender accent scarf. I was into it. Um, but she's scoping out the cemetery from on top a mausoleum, uh, just like Angel likes to scope Los Angeles from atop random buildings. And they're both ripping off of Batman, so... Yeah, total Batman riffs. Uh, but this tricky bitch... She stakes a vamp before he even gets his head out of the ground. He only gets his arms out. And she's like, no, no, no. Stake. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, and then she's fighting another vamp. And fucking Riley shows up. And Puffy is visibly irritated. Uh, and so we're Jason and Harrison. Yeah. I mean, but... I don't think she's as irritated as when Spike shows no. up. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll give it to Riley, though. He uh, he fends very well for himself in this fight, although we do learn later that it's due to this heart thing going on that's making him super aggressive and not really feeling any pain. Uh, but he stakes the vamp. Uh, they're attacked by another, which before Buffy can even raise her stake... Spike tackles. <laughs> Buffy is just so annoyed at these men. Why do I even show up? <laughs> yeah, why? And, oh, I did love when Riley's like, Buffy, what are you doing here? And she's like, my job? Like, what do you mean? What am I doing here in the cemetery in the middle of the night? That's where I always am in the middle of the night. Where do you think all the episodes start, <laughs> Riley? <laughs> Riley, you idiot. You toff. <laughs> Um, so, uh, they get the, they get the last, uh, the last vamp, and, uh, Buffy's 
uh, railing into Spike, like, what the fuck, why are you here? Uh, and and then, Riley's like, yeah, what she said. <laughs> and Buffy gives Riley a massive side eye when he does that, which Spike notices right and away. Calls out. Calls out. Uh, but Buffy rightly points out that uh, she just watched Spike eat his own nose blood. So that's disgusting, and she's not going to listen to anything he has to say. <laughs> um, and uh, do we get the credits now, or do we get the credits after the magic box scene? Uh, it's, well, I mean, it's before the magic box, because you got to have, like, the cereal, too. That's or right. No, wait a minute, is that... No, that's later. No, no. Um, yeah, because after the credits, it's when they're doing the history discussion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So, after credits, Buffy and Re- Buffy and Willow come out of their history class. And I'm so proud of Buffy. Remember when she sucked at history? Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, she's not just applying herself to her Slayer studies, but also her collegiate studies. I think... Uh... I also think that she needs something to keep her mind off of her boyfriend who has the charisma of a mailbox. <laughs> Listen, I've seen a lot of sexy mailboxes who were very interesting people. <laughs> um, uh, did you understand what they were discussing? Uh, like, I, I didn't recognize the topic. Well, they brought up Robespierre. Yeah. And that I was believe the that was French Revolution. Is that French Revolution or am I mixing that up with Richelieu? I think... Um, Robespierre was Russian, right? I thought it was French. Jesus. We're not great at history. Yeah, it's not, neither of our... our uh... French lawyer ah. and a statesman uh, who was one of the best known and most influential figures of the French Revolution. Okay. Booyah! I got something. Um, I don't know about the rest oh, of their discussion. They are talking about Jean-Paul Marat, according to the wiki. He was a French political theorist, physician, and scientist. Um, also during the French Revolution. Okay. So clearly this is the subject they're they're I mean, learning in class. I figured it would have to be French Revolution if they were if they like went to Robespierre. Um he uh was assassinated on July thirteenth, seventeen ninety-three, at the age of fifty, of stab wounds, although Buffy suspects that it was a vampire. Um, <laughs> she probably I, thinks everything's a vampire. <laughs> and um, the uh, she oh, oh the, it was he was assassinated by a woman. Ooh, uh, and she was executed four days later on July seventeenth of 1793. and that's my birthday. So. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Willow also makes like a little joke about uh, the brain, the occipital lobe, <laughs> which is foreshadowing for the for like the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get the gay agenda out of the way right now. Uh, once again, it's Willow being like horny for smart Buffy. Horny for smart Buffy. Like she is so stoked that they're having a debate about something they're learning in a history class. Um, but uh, she is, uh, when Buffy does not understand the occipital lobe joke, Buffy's like, don't worry, you're still the smarty pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes, then they go to the magic box because Buffy's got to do some training. Yay, the magic box is coming along nicely. Sanders helped build some shelves. And 
you get this you get this moment where uh Giles is commenting on Xander's carpentry and he does say, I must say I'm very impressed. And he was clearly talking about Xander. Yeah. But Xander's so dumb he doesn't even realize. Yeah, it. it's like Xander, buddy, he gave yeah, you a he's compliment. Like, he's like, yeah, carpentry's a really, really amazing thing. I'm like, Xander, you're never gonna get this again. <laughs> yeah. I well, I mean, I'm about to say, that shelf looks really nice. Yeah. I I I display things on a shelf like that in my magic shop. Well, I mean, even in the last episode of Buffy, um, his boss did comment mm-hmm. on all the good work that he's done. So Xander's good at something. Yay, Xander things. has a skill. Yeah. And you know what? In a town like Sunnydale, carpentry skills, probably in high demand. Oh, yeah. So like, much, like, people wake up and there's so much shit just, like, broken. Yeah. How, how, how many times have doors been burst busted down and tables broken in the summer's home alone (laughs) okay granted the summer's home the slayer lives there you know your 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 incident rates are gonna be higher but yeah like and do you ever notice how all these tables seem to be missing their legs (laughs) almost like somebody just ripped it off (laughs) oh my gosh i'm like imagining like before joyce like found out about everything just every once in a while just being like buffy the dining room table's missing a leg again. What what happened? But he's like, I, I, I don't know, Mom. I don't know. It was like that when I got here. It was it was Dawn. <laughs> oh my god. Mom, Dawn ripped another another table apart today. Who the hell's Dawn? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um So in the magic box, they're getting everything ready. Um, Anya's pissed because something and something else are, uh, it's like a monkey head and some sort of concoction are next to one another. And she's like, do you want to pull exploded monkey brains out of our hair? Um, Tara's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a legit concern. I, I agree. I, I agree. I think perhaps, uh, Giles should listen to some of Anya's advice. We'll see. Maybe. Um, Tara's setting up a little, uh, area to do tarot readings which is cute and she should call it tarot readings mm-hmm. like, well <sighs> poor tara because first she's like we should get a real psychic in here to do it and willow's like you can do it and then they have this super cute moment where she's like here read my palms and tara's like oh and he's she's willow's like what do you see and she's like willow hands <laughs> also ember benson looked fucking stunning in that scene um they put her in an outfit that was actually flattering um, her hair, uh... It catches the sun just right. Yeah, it's got a little more volume than it normally has. It doesn't have weird parts in it. Like, it just looks like a person's hair. And her makeup was really nice. She just... A plus. So, it's really funny, because when I actually met Amber Benson, her hair, like, she had dyed her hair black. Mm-hmm. So, it was... It's like okay, I know, I know you're Amber Benson. <laughs> you just... Oh, man, it looks so weird. <laughs> And uh, it was really funny that she was, like, sitting, like, one table over from Jane Espenson, too. So. Aww. I bet they're fun together. I bet they they do. They, I bet they party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just see them sitting around, like, taking massive bong hits. <laughs> and then they're just like, man, we shouldn't have gotten rid of Angel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um... Uh, also, Willow is upset that Giles has um, 
a salamander eyes, eyes, not newt eyes. Uh, she thinks the salamander brand brand still means something. The newt brand. The newt brand. Because, you know, one of the classic witch ingredients is Eye of Newt. And Giles Giles destroys her when he goes. Just as effective, it's just a matter of overcoming snobbery. Which, one, Willow, the look that Willow gives him when he says that is a mixture of, like, I'm truly wounded by what you just said, and also, fuck you, dude. But also, of all people... To comment about snobbery, <laughs> Giles. <laughs> um, this whole this whole little scene in the magic box with the gang was just just fun. Um, yeah, it it really it, it really just wonders to kind of get the viewers acclimated to that being their new mm-hmm. home base. Yeah, you know, and these are all characters we really like. Sometimes you know this like the scene doesn't do. I mean, it's leading into the reveal of the training room, which is important, but also. Sometimes it's, and I wish people would accept this, sometimes it's okay to just spend some time with the characters in scenes that aren't necessarily super plot important. If if they are good scenes. Yeah, especially and when you have a show like building. Buffy that has um, really good dialogue, like right. especially when it comes to the quips. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and you know, it doesn't last too long. And it just, it you know, so. But they take Buffy, Buffy and uh, Giles and... Xander. Fucking hell. Giles and Xander. Thank you. Um, Take Buffy to the back room uh, where they have made this gorgeous training room for her, which she doesn't get to see right away because Riley tackles her for some godforsaken reason. Because she's gotta, she's gotta like stay on her toes. And I'm like, wow, you kind of like, that would honestly be almost the equivalent of if the beast showed Belle the library in Beauty and the Beast. And then all of a sudden, like, Codsworth comes and just body slams himself in Bell. Oh my god, I need, I need fan art of that. I need, I need fan art of Codsworth just t- bodying Bell. Uh, but like, it wouldn't knock her over because he's just a little tiny clock man. She's just like, what the fuck, dude? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Um... The funniest joke in Beauty and the Beast, in my opinion. Um, although, I have to say, I really like the joke in the live-action remake when LeFou's like, something like, uh, you just need some je ne sais quoi, and Gaston goes, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Despite the fact that they... They're supposed to be <laughs> French. That was very funny. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, um, Xander's dummy man, meaning he made the dummy. Uh, and I don't know if you noticed that the dummy has, uh, on its face, has two little toothpicks to be vampire teeth. I did not notice that. It was very cute. It was very cute. Um, so we go over to Spike's Crypt, where we rewound it because we want to just check what he was watching. Uh, he is watching Dawson's Creek. (laughs) Uh, he calls, uh, Pacey an idiot. She's never going to love you. Um, See, for a minute, I thought he said AC, and that immediately made me think of um, of Saved by the Bell. Oh. And, but then I thought, like, wait a minute, why would he be watching that at night? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not too familiar. I know the cast of Dawson's Creek, and of course, like, you know, the theme song. I don't want to wait for my life to be over. 
But that's all, literally all I know. I've never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I've not either. I just know. Uh, yeah, I know. Obviously, it has Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson, Katie. Um, Kate Holmes. Katie Holmes. Thank you. I was. My brain was saying Katie Segal, and I was like, "That's not right." And uh, James Vanderbeek. James Vanderbeek. Um, Michelle Williams. Those white, were like the white Michelle Williams. The white Michelle Williams. Yeah. Those were like the four main characters, and then I know Busy Phillips was in there at some uh, point. Um, but uh, so yeah, I know the cast, and I know that Joshua Jackson's character is named Pacey, mm-hmm. um, and I think James Vanderbeek is Dawson. I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, and I know <laughs> there's so many gay people listening to this. They're like, "How do you not know Dawson's Creek?" Which is what well, I, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, I also know there's like a crawling through the window thing. Like, one of them is oh, always okay. crawling in through like the bedroom window, like sneaking in. See, I, I think, think of that and I think of um, Clarissa Explains It All and okay. um, her neighbor, her brother was Ferguson. I forget her neighbor though. Her neighbor was like the one who had like yeah. just the ladder on standby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we're talking about Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only reason I know that about the window thing is from Scary Movie. Oh, okay. Because when they're doing the, the, they're doing the scream scene and then the music from Dawson's Creek pop starts playing and James Vanderbeek like pops in the window and he's like, oh, sorry, wrong set. <laughs> um, so, uh, Spike is watching Dawson's Creek and, uh, he loves his, he loves his soaps, whether they're daytime yeah. or nighttime. And a, uh, a terrified Harmony runs in, um, wearing a kind of lavender-like uh, crop top and um, some very flattering, like, dark pants. I really liked her outfit. Um, Harmony knows how to wear an outfit. Yeah. And how to and, not wear an outfit. <laughs> and she's like, oh my god, the Slayer's after me. I'm her arch nemesis. <laughs> and Spike's like, Really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she's begging Spike. Begging Spike for for asylum. She'll do anything. Anything at all. And Spike's like, oh. Anything? And she's like, oh, sex? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like like that... uh, I like that Harmony has a healthy libido. Um, And... Uh, also is doing a good job of learning to stand up for herself mm-hmm. um, to Spike. So um, they uh, Spike is like, you should kill the Slayer. And she's like, I tried, but it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and She even got minions. She got minions. <laughs> they're all dead. Um, so Spike agrees, because he can't do it himself, he agrees that he'll be the brains of the operation. <laughs> And she could be the muscle, which he should probably find someone else to be the muscle. Uh, I, I love Harmony to death, but she is not the brains or the muscle. Um, so she's the bubble. <laughs> she's the bubbly. Back at the Summer's house, oh, there's a dumb sex scene between Riley and Buffy. Yeah, just. Um, it seems like they just finished having sex. But then Riley's ready to go again. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you're not ti- you're not too tired, are you?" And uh, get over yourself, Riley. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this is supposed to be part of like the like oh hyper aggression. Yeah, he's, which he's... I guess explains the tackling thing too, but it still annoys me. Mm-hmm. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but luckily it's short. Um, so we get to this scene, which is another, uh, and there's, there's two examples of it in this episode of, um, Dawn being written younger than she is. Yeah. Um, and it's still a funny scene. Like, I don't mind it, but it, it feels very weird. Yeah. Awkward. It, it feels, it feels like she's 10. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like a 10 year old would do this. Um, and a four, like a 14 year old would be too cool for the prize in the, in the box, but she's, and they would try to hide how much they wanted. The yeah. Prize in the box. Yeah. She wouldn't be so open about it. She'd be like, <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. Just but yeah, she, she pours out like, uh, four very large bowls of cereal. Joyce is like, why do you want, what, how many bowls of cereal are you going to eat? Like, oh, I was just getting this, but I would like some eggs. I, would like eggs. <laughs> I also like it starts with, um, uh, Don's like, everyone tries to make the substitute cry. It's like a rite of passage. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't you? And Joyce just looks aghast and is like, I would not. I can't believe I raised you that way. I would never raise you that way. <laughs> um, Joyce is like, I'm too busy doing body shots in the gallery <laughs> to bully substitute teachers. But yeah, but then uh, unfortunately, two things, two horrible things happen. The first... Dawn asks for ketchup on her omelet. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to shame people that like having ketchup on scrambled eggs. I know you're out there. I grew up with you. <laughs> but if you put ketchup on something, it's gonna taste like ketchup. Like they made that joke in waiting about that guy who um like wanted a steak. But also like needed lots of ketchup to go with it, saying that nothing brings out the flavor of a steak like ketchup. Ugh. Wrong. Wrong, wrong. Um Yeah. I'm sorry. My personal preference is I don't like ketchup. I mean, you know, it may not be the worst thing in the world, but I mean I want my eggs tasting like eggs. The only the only sauce I put on it is hot sauce. I just don't like ketchup. Just in general. <laughs> in general, I do not like I ketchup really, at all. I really only like it with fries and i don't even like fries that much which a lot of people are like whoa what the hell but um now if we're talking like maybe cheese fries or chili mm. cheese fries those are pretty good uh but no in general i yeah it's never been my favorite accoutrement yeah. i like fries but they have to be like fries can go wrong so easily like fries need to be like the, those fries we had at toasties like those were good fries yeah i remember those um so yeah, oh, and then the second bad thing this that bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Is um Joyce starts to feel like um Joyce starts to obviously feel some uh pain in her head and uh she turns around and for a minute just doesn't even know who Dawn is. She asks, Who are you? and then faints dropping the omelets on the floor, breaking plates, and uh Dawn is super freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I one, I mean, this is a very scary scene. Yeah. Um, it's get, it's a lot more real than anything we usually deal with on the show. Um, that moment when she looks at Dawn and says, who are you? Because there's that second where it's like, oh, is, so, is a character about to realize that Dawn, I don't want to say doesn't belong there, but hasn't been there. Um, or, um, but then when she collapses, it's like, whoa, holy shit. And, 
I, I will say, props to Dawn for keeping it cool. Like, she's yeah. clearly terrified. Yeah. But she she goes to the phone dials right away, dials 911. And gets Joyce to the hospital. Yeah. So, Dawn, we are we're, we disagree with your decision to waste all the cereal. Um, but you got your mom to the hospital, and that's what matters. And, uh, I mean, she's still shook when she gets to the hospital. But mm-hmm. fortunately, there's an intern named Ben. Sure, we won't who, see him again. Who, uh, who... Seems to be a pretty nice guy. He's hot. Um, sorry, like uh, he's not. He's not unattractive. Yeah. He's uh, so he's played by Charlie Weber, who most recently was on um, a show I've not actually seen, but I know who's on it. Um, fuck, Viola Davis's show. Um, how to get away with murder? How to get away with murder? <laughs> um, and no, he's no, no, just, no, 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 no. You say how to get away with murder? How to get away? With murder. There you go. Nice. You got it. Okay. <laughs> um, Charlie Weber has just continued to get hotter um, as he's gotten older. I mean, good for so, him. Um, here's Charlie Weber. Charlie Weber. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and uh, when Buffy and Riley show up, uh, he says that um, mom's going to be fine. Dawn was freaking out a little bit, so I let her uh, give her my stethoscope. And so while they're having a talk, Dawn's like using the stethoscope and tries, tries it on everybody's heart. And uh, when she gets to Riley's heart, she notices, like, oh, my God, this is what? super fast. What the fuck? That's not what my sister or the doctor's heart sounded like. And this is the second scene you were referring to. Yeah, yeah it's... I I can definitely see, if Don were 10, the doctor being like, here, hold my stethoscope to, like, calm you down. You know, kids think that sort of shit's cool. And I can see a 10-year-old going around and using it while the adults are talking. And, none of the, and like, the adults just, like, letting it happen because they don't... They know that the kid, it's helping keep the kid calm. Don's 14. I don't... Don is 14, right? Like... Well, I mean, I believe she is... Maybe she's she's 13. She's definitely in high school in season 7. Yeah. Um, I think she's even in high school in season 6. I think so. Uh... Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell, but I mean, she's thirteen, fourteen. She's older than the way they're writing her, yeah, as we've talked like, about. And and even if the character is ten, I mean, is not like Michelle Trachtenberg does. Oh not, yeah, does not look ten years old. No, no, no. So, uh, she, you know, Michelle Trachtenberg didn't even look ten years old during Hair at the Spot. <laughs> That's which, true. That came before Buffy, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that in theaters. Really? Yeah. Nice. That was the, like, Nickelodeon was making a huge thing out of it because it was the first Nickelodeon movie. Oh, cool. And I believe they actually had, before the movie, it had the pilot of Hey Arnold on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I I remember. I could be getting a lot of it confused. That could have been before the first Rugrats movie. But, uh, yeah. I saw the first Rugrats movie in theaters, and I don't think it, I don't remember that. I do remember seeing the Digimon movie and it having that um, Anna Anaconda or whatever it was, that weird like stop motion show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nickelodeon, man, that was was (laughs) was a wild time. Um, So, yeah, Riley's heart is uh, racing. They get him in to see a doctor and the doctor is like, you're gonna die. And he's like, oh, You can't hold me here. <laughs> yeah. And 
Yeah, he leaves against medical advice. I'm just like, Riley, I... I get it. I get that he, like, doesn't trust the initiative for good reason. But you know that's not it. That's not the whole thing. I mean, he... He very much has insecurities around Buffy. Yeah. I mean, that's he's had that even before uh, the end of season... Like, he had that in season four. Yeah. If his conflict in this episode about this and his hesitancy was just, I don't trust the initiative, I'd be like, cool. I'd be fine with it. I mean, I'd probably be like, why are we wasting our time on this? But at least I'd be like, yeah, that's a reasonable attitude to have. And, and his whole, like, I can't be weaker than a woman. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Joyce Joyce is okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Riley's like, yeah, let's all get out of here. And uh, at at the Summer's house, uh, Joyce is uh, on the couch, and Willow, Buffy, and Dawn are trying to, like, give her, like, you know, hey, here's some, like, advice and stuff that you should... Uh, that, like, um, I think, uh, what was it? Willow tried to say a game so, or something? So, Joyce doesn't want to just be sitting around like a, bu- uh, like a lump. Yeah. Willow's like, we could play a game. A quiet game about pretending to be a lump. Um, uh, but Joyce is reasonable, unlike Riley, and uh, accepts that she needs rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she's got to take care of a 10 slash 14 year old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> um, upstairs, the girls are hanging out. And and uh, in a rare moment where Buffy is totally fine with Dawn being in a room. <laughs> but Dawn like proceeds to like really just annoy Buffy. And uh, I'm like, oh, Dawn, you're going to lose your Buffy's room privileges <laughs> real quick. I love that while Buffy, because Dawn's sitting on the floor and while Buffy's pacing, she just steps over Dawn every time. <laughs> Um, but they're talking about how they, they need to figure out how to get in touch with the initiative. Uh, and Don Don's throwing, out, throwing out CIA facts because it's government related. CIA and Fidel Castro <laughs> facts. And, uh, but then Don is the one who kind of comes up with like the solution. It's like, oh man, if only you could like just get a, if only you could find a way to get a hold of the government. Yep. I mean, I mean, they're, they're probably watching, if they're watching Riley, I mean, can't you just say the right thing and. Get them to come. And, uh, yeah. Good Buffy's, job, Dawn. Buffy's like, it's a good idea. Doesn't tell Dawn it's a good idea. Well, no, but I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> I loved when uh, Buffy was like, God, Big Brother is always listening. And you can't get in a hold of him when you need him. And Dawn's like, sounds more like Big Sister. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that might be the second funniest joke in the episode. That was it. With the first uh, coming up yeah. uh, later on. Michelle Trachtenberg's delivery of it was so, just that perfect, like, little sister under her breath venom. Like, Yeah, no, I, yeah, and it's, and I feel really bad that Dawn gets a lot of the hate that she does. Because Mitra- Michelle Trachtenberg... Michelle Schreckenberg always makes the best of what she's given. Yes. Sometimes what she's given isn't great. Like you said, it's like a little cringy in this in the start because Don was written younger. But I mean, Michelle Schreckenberg, she still goes with it. Yeah. Love you, Michelle Schreckenberg. She's great. I, just, I love you. I, <laughs> I want to be your boyfriend. Aww. <laughs> um, don't worry, she's not a child anymore, listeners. <laughs> it Current is, day Michelle Schreckenberg. It is. She is like 30 or something, and that's kind of weird. It's like, Don... No, Don can't be 30. I'm 30 or something. <laughs> yeah, but I i didn't know you when you were Don. <laughs> I didn't know you during your Don years. <laughs> um, you've always been an adult to me. 
Um, wow, now I feel... First Super Smash Brothers Melee turns 20. Now this, I feel old as shit. Yes. Uh, so Riley goes... Or Buffy goes over to Riley's place and just picks up the phone and says, Riley's in trouble. Get your asses over here. And then we get a scene where Riley's being an asshole by playing basketball in his jeans. And it just makes me so angry. It, yeah, this... This kind of scene just seems out of place in general. It's for so Buffy. weird. It's and there, there had to be like maybe, maybe like he's, maybe he's training with somebody in like hand to hand combat or something like that. There's, there's got to be a better way than just, just showing a random basketball. Yeah. Well, game. Mark Lucas was a basketball player before uh, he was an actor. So, or I think he was like. I think I don't think he was a basket like like not professionally, but like that was something he was potentially uh, going to okay. do. So, I that's probably why it's in here. Um, okay. But you know, but, but uh, it's it's not charming like Michelle track or Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller loves ice skating. Mm-hmm. So, like this is just obnoxious. Also, like no nothing against Mark Lucas loves, liking basketball. She loves like, ice skating. It's kind of funny because we were just talking about Michelle Trachtenberg. Who's the ice princess? Yes, the ice princess. Um, Graham shows up. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Graham. Flash from the past. Hey, Graham. You you still have no personality. You're still just a <laughs> just a big shouldered guy. So and, him and Riley are on par with each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> Graham tries to get. Riley to come with them and the two agents that he's brought so they can fix what's wrong with him. Um, apparently, a lot of the soldiers who were injected with what Professor Walsh was giving them have been suffering from these symptoms. Yeah, Professor and, Walsh name drop, by the way. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, and Riley got the most of it. So, like... Um, he was Agent Finn. But Riley's like, fuck you, and just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> just, just, it's kind of funny. Or, <laughs> Poor Graham goes down. I really wish that was how it went down. Like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he doesn't say fuck you, but Graham does go down with, like, one punch, which... And this is not the first time this episode that Graham gets the crap kicked out of him. Yeah, poor Graham. Taking up Giles' position. It's the the resident punching bag. Um, So, the gang gets together. They're like, where the fuck is Riley? He's disappeared. Um... Xander tries to like maybe hint to Buffy what uh, what Riley had told him at the end of the replacement, and it's like you know I have this friend who maybe feels this way about this girl and, and feels like she doesn't feel the same way. Nobody's getting it except Anya, but she's getting the wrong yeah, idea from like, it. Like, she... I, I, and if I had this friend, <laughs> I was like, shut up, you two, it's go to the docks. Very sweet of Anya, though. Yeah, like uh, it's actually more nuanced than she usually would do. Like, uh, you, I think. You know, just showing her growth that she, you know, a season ago, she would have just been like, are you talking about me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think she's going along with Xander because she loves Xander. She does. Um, He can build things. (laughs) (laughs) And he can afford an apartment. Yeah, so... um, uh, So, yeah, he sends... uh, She sends uh, Xander and Anya off to the docks. We don't see him again for the rest of the episode. <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's a wrap. But what did they run into with the docks? <laughs> um, Willow and Tara go to the school since... Uh, yeah, return of burned out yeah. Sunnydale. Um, since that's where he hid out before. 
And I should say burned down and not burned out. That's true. <laughs> um, and uh, Buffy's like. But now we know. Now we know what Jane Espenson and Amber Benson call their call their bong session <laughs> burned out Sunnydale. Nice. Um. But Buffy decides she wants to check out the Initiative Caves, um, but she doesn't know them as well as a certain, uh, what does is, what is Giles call him? A melatonin-deprived individual? Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, so, at Spike's lair. Well, um, so Buffy is saying, uh, like, I, I really just haven't liked him lately, and I mean... He spends all day in that crypt. You know he's doing something disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And Harmony and Spike are playing 20 questions. And let's see, I believe it's a... Is it bigger than a bread box? No. Four to go. Is it smaller than a bread box? No. Three more. Harmony, is it a sodding bread box? You got it! I'm <laughs> Spike, he's a 20 questions genius. No, no, she says Blondie Bear. Blondie Bear. This is, uh, is this the first time we get Blondie Bear? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Harmony loves that term of endearment oh, for Spike. Blondie Bear. Yep. Um, so just remember that because it's going to be around for a while. I think that Spike secretly loves it. I think Spike, like, you know. Well, all, he's never going to tell Harmony. All, oh, of course. <laughs> all bluster. But I think, like, every time she calls him Blondie Bear, I think inside his heart beats just once. <laughs> um, uh, I was about to say skips a beat, and then I was like, it's skipping all the beats currently. Um, but <laughs> Buffy starts to bust down the door, and Harmony's like, she found me! <laughs> and goes and hides in one of the... Um, sarcophagus. One of the sarcophagi, I guess. Um, so... Uh, Buffy comes in, she explains what she needs from Spike, uh, and he's just a dick about it. I mean, <laughs> um, and she, uh, offers to pay him, and he's like, fine, I, blah, 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 but I should get half of it now. And at this point, Buffy's just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna do it on my own, it's not worth, like, dealing with Spike. Dealing with Spike. So when he says, I want half of it now, she just rips it in half. Um, gives him half of it, and uh, which is a waste of money, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but uh, what a power move! What? Uh, but yeah, so basically, um, uh, after Graham gets the crap kicked out of him, uh, Graham tells Buffy that um, he needs to that she needs to get Riley to this operating table on the fourth floor of this operating room on the fourth floor of the hospital which uh, is the advice that which is the info that she relays to spike before just having enough with him which is important yes because uh he because spike and harmony do go to the uh to that operating room but they do it to one beat up cram again <laughs> yeah and uh, also, Spike is kidnapping the doctor because he assumes that since the doctor worked with the initiative, that he can get the chip out of his head. Yes. Not, because all surgeons right. can do all surgeries. Yeah, I was like, Spike clearly ignoring the fact that this is a heart surgeon um, and he needs a neurosurgeon. Um, or just, I mean, also, Spike just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, you wanted. 
you wanted Doc, you wanted Doctor Shepard, but you got uh, Doctor Burke. That's that's Grey's Anatomy for all you ladies out there. Oh, okay. No, no. So there is a there is a really funny um, ad. So I know you've been watching Lost, <laughs> and obviously the character in there is uh, played by uh, Matthew Fox is Doctor Jack Shepard. But also, Elizabeth Mitchell plays. Dr. Juliet Burke. Yeah. So when you said that, I was like, well, he's a spinal surgeon and she's a fertility specialist. But go ahead. But, uh, but in, um, in Grey's Anatomy, uh, Patrick Dempsey plays Dr. Derek Shepard. And since both of those uh, shows were on ABC at the time, there was a really funny promo where, there, where uh, Patrick Dempsey and Maggie Fox were standing next to each other. It was like, I'm Dr. Shepard. It's like, but, but I'm Dr. Shepard. <laughs> That is fine. Uh, most of the hospital scenes on Lost were filmed at the... Seattle Grace. Uh, yeah. Just because... Which it... I believe has changed names in its 15-year run. <laughs> oh my god. I've seen exactly one episode of Grey's Anatomy. Um, it was an episode... It's the episode that Bernadette Peters guest starred in. And I didn't even know that. I just was flipping channels and it was on and I was like, oh, is that Bernadette Peters? What is this? And then I was like, oh, it's Grey's Anatomy. I guess I'll watch this one episode of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, it's like, and it, it, I think um, Grey's Anatomy just proves a, uh, just proves um, the tenet that if you want to like, like if you're going to guest star on a TV show, you're either going to be on Law and Order <laughs> or you're going to be on a medical show. Um, but uh what was I going to say? Yeah, so I've actually seen the first four seasons of Grey's Anatomy, which seems like a lot. But when you look at the <laughs> yeah. se- when you look at the series run, and the fact that it's still going, um, it's insane. How long did ER run? Was it fifteen years? I thought ER hit twenty. <laughs> um, Excuse me. Let's uh, let's see, ER series. So it ran okay. No, you're at fifteen seasons. So Grey's Anatomy may have surpassed it. Let's let's find <coughs> out. Grey's Papaya. No, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> oh, I spelled Grey's the way that the textbook is spelled, and not oh. the way that the main character is spelled, and also the title. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I was wrong. It's it's on eighteen seasons. Wow. Um, so yeah, it is, it surpassed ER a while ago. Good for it. Good for uh, it. but yeah, um, then like I got bored during the season premiere of the fifth season and, uh, never really picked it up again. The original You got reason, a lot to catch up on. The original reason that I watched, uh, Grey's Anatomy was because, uh, that's like, it was on when I was in high school. That's when it like first started and, uh. All the girls were talking about it, and I wanted something to talk with girls about. Nice. And uh, from the show, Ben Gerhard happened to just be a fan of Grey's Anatomy because I mean, he's Ben. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's the reason to do anything is to talk to girls. That's why I do things. Is it? No, I do things because I'm selfish. <laughs> um, Buffy finds Riley in the caves, and they have a really boring argument. I oh, hang on though. Um, we do have the scene of, because I have to talk about the funniest joke in the episode. Oh, you're right. And that was when, um, uh, Willow and Tara are walking through the halls of Sunnydale. It's dark. And, um, Tara says, wish we brought a flashlight. 
But Will is like, uh, well, I got a better idea. Why light a can? What? We should light a candle instead of continuing with the darkness or whatever. And uh, her spell basically like just lights up the whole place, which surprised the hell out of Tara. Yeah, Tara's like, uh, how would you, you do, do that? that? And she's like, oh, you know, like uh, you showed it to me. Like I should get to do Tinkerbell lights. <laughs> like, well, I tinkered with the Tinkerbell lights. Um, and like, and she and she said, see, isn't this great than some dope using a flashlight? <laughs> Smash cut to Buffy using a flashlight. Yeah. Very funny. Uh, there's also a great line in that scene where Tara is like, oh, it's so creepy. And Willow's like, you should have seen it when it was a school. Sunnydale High just seems so long ago. It does. It, it, it's it's really not. It's a season and four episodes yeah. ago. But, uh, you know, we're also, it's taking us twice as long to do a season now because uh-huh. we're doing two shows. Um. So, yes, they... Buffy finds Riley, and it's just... I literally started scrolling through Grindr while the scene was happening. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. You're married. So? Oh, my. Um, It literally, though, it was just... It's, this, it's the same problem I think we always have with these big emotional scenes between Riley and Buffy. It doesn't matter how well-written the scene is, how maybe potentially relatable the issue is we're just so not invested in this relationship riley i've said it before i'll say it again riley has lost any of the significance that he had when the initiative storyline ended Mm -hmm. and you can try to bring back the initiative as much as you want like in this episode it's not gonna happen yeah stop trying to make the initiative happen (laughs) but yeah it's basically just riley says like oh i'm I mean, you get stronger, you're just going to leave me behind, and I'm insecure about my masculinity around you. And uh, Buffy's like, you want to touch me, then just touch me. Yeah. And it's just like, well, and this is frustrating too, because it does feel like the show is trying to have it both ways, where, because um, he even was like, your last boyfriend, he wasn't exactly a civilian. And she's like, oh my God, you're going to die over this like pissing contest with Angel? And he's like, basically he's, saying all this shit and she Buffy's like you know basically just like you're what you're telling me means you don't trust me like you're not actually like paying attention to my feelings about our relationship and and I think we're supposed to side with Buffy but at the same time we also know that Buffy really doesn't have that strong of feelings for him anymore mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't this all feels very messy and it's like i don't know whose side i'm supposed to be on in this fight or if i'm supposed to be on anybody's side i i i think this the writers have really lost the plot with buffy and riley's relationship and i, I don't think they know what they're doing with it um so it's just like yeah and unfortunately fans uh mild spoilers but it's gonna get worse yeah i it's and it's dumb. And it's frustrating because the writers have such a great grasp on um, Tara and Willow's relationship and Xander and Anya's relationships. Um, and I think it's just the fact of the matter is Riley is just a failed character. Yeah. Um, and once again, this is not a job at Mark Lucas. Like, the character just doesn't work. He was introduced as part of a storyline that didn't work. He was inexorably connected to that storyline. Um, I think, you know, I think they I think they made some foundational mistakes when creating Riley that 
that are, they have not been able to overcome. Yeah. And I don't think we'll ever overcome, honestly. Mm-hmm. So um, let's get back to what's fun, though. Uh, Spike and Harmony bring the doctor to like the uh, the uh, UC Sunnydale's uh, medical school. school the like um, they have like an operating theater, um, and the doctor's like, "I'm not a neurosurgeon. This isn't a real hospital room. It's a classroom. Like I don't have the proper tools." And Spike's like, "Shut up, nerd, and do it." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and, you know, take the chip out, or Harmony will kill you. And Harmony's the crossbow. Harmony's got a crossbow, and you know, I listen. I'm gonna go against my usual instincts, and I think Harmony looks great with a crossbow. I mean, well, you I think, think people, your usual instincts are slayers with crossbows. That's true. And I do think most of the times people look great with crossbows. I also realize this is something else that annoys me. Every time they use the crossbows, they've got these tiny little rinky crossbows that are like like one-handers, I guess. Harmony's got this <laughs> massive fucker. I and I was like, "Yeah, Harmony." Um, she's not very good with it. She the, <laughs> the string slips <laughs> twice. Twice. Once into a wall and the other time into Ryder's leg. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um but uh they they're, you know, they're going, and this kind of is going back and forth between this scene where they bring Riley to the hospital. Um, they realize what's happened. They are like, okay, you, Graham, you go get on the pipe or the horn or whatever. It, it, it was really funny when, uh, when, uh, when, uh, oh my God, what? Riley. I just kept wanting to say Skyler and I'm like, no. <laughs> But uh, Riley's like, how many fingers am I holding yeah. up? Clearly only have two. He's like, 17. <laughs> like, what? Hostile 17 and some blonde chick. <laughs> yeah. Spike and Harmony together yep. again. <laughs> so they all split up to try to... Or, well, Graham splits up from Buffy and Riley to figure out where um, they've gone. Um, back at... Uh, back at the uh, operating theater, Harmony will not stop talking. <laughs> and Spike and the doctor are both so irritated. <laughs> um, but then... <laughs> so we forgot to mention earlier in the episode one of the, one of the funniest bits. Uh, Harmony has taken up smoking because she's a bad guy. She's a villain. Yeah. And, um, but she, she can't figure out how to light it at first. Um... But she lights up. And then, and then when she does smoke it in front she, of Spike, she starts coughing immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she lights up in the in the in the operating theater, and the doctor's like, "You can't smoke in here. It's not allowed." She goes, "Oh, really?" It says who? And he points to the sign that says "No smoking allowed." And she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I didn't see the sign." And like, <laughs> puts it out. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking funny. Um, oh man. Harmony is trying like hell to save this episode. Oh, right. <laughs> and that's the thing. I do think this episode does, is fun and it like sings when it's these Harmony and Spike scenes. Um, or like the scenes between the various Scooby members. It's just every time Riley's in a scene, it's just like, uh, right. And it's, uh, and it's, it's a, and the Riley stuff is a good chunk of the middle section too. Yeah. Like I feel like we start pretty strong on Harmony and Spike and we end pretty strong on Harmony and Spike and then someone else. Um, but the middle just drags so badly because of all the Riley stuff. 
Um, but uh, the doctor does say that he's able to get it out. Mm-hmm. And he drops uh, it into drop, a yeah. tray. You hear he drops little clankies. Into a tray and, um, now Spike wants to get stitched up because he is ready to kill the Slayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riley and Buffy do show up. And uh, Riley gets into a big fight with Harmony that results in him getting a crossbow bolt to the leg. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Which he doesn't react to at all. That was pretty funny. That, that's, how, that's how rough a shape he's in. Yeah. Spike uh, basically pontificates, like, I've been looking forward to this. In his first attempt to bite into Buffy, he once again is greeted by the pain of the chip. And uh, that's when they hold up what was actually taken taken out in quotation marks. And that's just a penny. Yep. And the doctor's like, I told you I couldn't do it. I, it's a very clever doctor. I, I, I liked the, that little stunt he pulled. Nice job, nerd. Nice job, nerd. <laughs> um, Buffy is too, uh, too focused on making getting Riley help. Uh, so Spike and Harmony get away. Um, as they're running, Buff- Spike's like, Buffy, always acting holier than thou. And Harmony's like, well, by definition, we're, we are unholy, so. <laughs> but yeah, Spike is just beyond pissed. Um, he, like, we've noticed his, um, his obsession with Buffy has grown basically since season four. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh. We'll get a little reveal at the end of the episode. Yeah. But, um, he, uh, but yeah, so the doctor is able to perform the surgery on Riley, as well as mend the arrow wounds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, they have this scene between Riley and Graham, where Graham's basically just like, dude, you don't belong here. Like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah, come back to us. And he's like, no, I love Buffy. And Graham's like, whatever, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so we end the episode. Buffy breaks into Spike's crypt again, and she's pissed. She's ready to stab him with that wood. Mm-hmm. But... And he's like, do it. And he rips off his shirt, and he's all abs, and he's like... <laughs> he really is <laughs> all abs. <laughs> and like He's got at least an eight-pack, probably closer to ten. Yeah. And I think... I don't think this is the first time we've seen Spike shirtless, but this is, like, where the trend of, like, Spike's shirt is off in every episode, like, <laughs> that he appears in, more or less, like, really r- ramps we up. Need to, we need to keep a counter yeah. for, uh, <laughs> Spike nipple watch. Uh, also, like, uh, we, we should have him go, like, head-to-head with Angel. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, for, well, okay, so for Spike, it should be Spike ab watch, uh, and for Angel, it should be Angel nipple watch. Okay. But generally, it is just no shirt. Yeah. Um... But then he kisses her. And she's like, dude, what the fuck? And then kisses him back. Then they kiss more. And it's like a really hot kiss. Like, just yeah. just context aside, it's extremely hot. Mm-hmm. Like, And then Spike wakes up from the dream. And he's like, no. Please, no. He is in love with Buffy. He's in love. Not to reference Mean Girls again, but oh my god, you're so obsessed with me. It's like you're in love with me. <laughs> Spike does have a big lesbian crush on Buffy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal to end our episode on. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, it's kind of funny that we. 
last week we ended on uh, I love Buffy, she doesn't love me. And this week we're ending on Spike, like... I love you, Buffy. <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Um, that is out of my mind. Um, I went into this one really excited because I was like, ooh, it's the fun Spike and Harmony adventure. Completely forgetting about the Riley shit. Yeah, quite <laughs> frankly, it is a Riley episode. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, you've said it already. It's whatever thematic importance and honestly just interest we would have in Riley has, there wasn't much to begin with. Yeah. And now it's like kind of all gone. And, and yeah, it doesn't even seem like, it, it doesn't even seem like Buffy's invested in this. And it's really like, okay, Riley, you don't belong here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a rough time for Riley. It's a rough time for Riley. And it's, it's a rough time for us to watch Riley. Yeah. Um, and I mean, say what you will about Xander. And we have said what we will about Xander, but goddamn. At least sometimes Xander's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> At least Xander can build a shelf. Yes, <laughs> a very nice shelf. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to give this episode a more generous score than you will. Um, because <laughs> uh, the variety stuff does suck a lot of the air out of it. But the Spike and Harmony stuff just hits so hard for me. It all really works for me. Um, that it is enough to salvage the episode, more or less. So, um, I'm going to give this episode, uh, three fake-out pennies out of five. Yeah, I'll, um, like you said, uh, the Spike Harmony stuff is great. Also, there's some, there's some funny stuff with Willow, despite the fact <laughs> that she's really doesn't factor in the episode that much at all. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, and also, like, some fun moments with Dawn, even though it's, like, you gotta, you gotta take all the little stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm gonna get, like, they, all the little things that aren't Riley save this episode from being an absolute garbage fire, but, uh, kind of puts it just in the middle of the road. So, two and a half out of five open graves that I fall into after monologuing. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Which we didn't, we didn't <laughs> reference before, but that was at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah, that was fun. Um... You know, it's funny you say that about Willow, um, not really having a large role in the episode, but the moments she has are good. And I think that's a, one of the strengths of Buffy. Um, and I think a lot of shows that are good, that's going to be one of their strengths, is that even if character is not playing a super significant role in an episode, that the moments we get with them are still good and still like, um, like the Tara and Willow scene with that spell. Um has nothing to do with the rest of the episode um but it is a it's a nice check-in on uh willow's powers growing um especially because we didn't have tara last episode at all yeah. um and 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 the idea that willow is quickly surpassing tara in power um where tara kind of spent a lot of last season being a, a mentor for willow um now she's Willow's just like, oh yeah, I took that cute spell you you taught me how to do and I made it into this massive thing. Um, so you know, just put we'll put that in our back pocket for now mm -hmm. and see where that goes. Yeah. Um any any final final thoughts or nope. um uh there is a uh, bit of a goof 
in this episode. <laughs> Goof. You can, uh, after Harmony uh, fire accidentally fires the, um, the crossbow, you can briefly see her reflection uh, in the, um, uh, behind her. Uh, she shouldn't have one of those. Because oh, okay. she's a vampire. Yeah. Um, also, apparently there was a Nickelback song at some point in this episode. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, I don't. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a penny. I <laughs> I really don't remember any music outside of the score. Um, yeah. So, um, all right, let's get out of here. All right. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season Two, Episode Four, Untouched. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact about this episode. Um, you may recall last season in the episode where Christina Hendricks has a small part uh, as a bar wench. Um, and I, I made a comment that I was like, there's a season two episode that I always think that the like main guest star of that episode is Christina Hendricks. And then it's not. This is that episode. Okay. Um, this is also a Lila heavy episode. Oh, oh yeah. So Harrison's looking forward to that. Sexy. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I write, also write a blog called HorrorByHarrison.blogspot.com where I write about a different horror film every week. We are in the month of December, so we're, I've got a Christmas horror theme month going on. And my first film will be a classic that I've never seen before. It's a big blind spot for me. It's Gremlins. Yeah, that, uh... Yeah, that, I, I can't really... Well, I did, um, I did play the, uh, the in-credit music for you. Yes, one you did. Time, and that, that stuff, like, even though it's, like, it's supposed to sound like Gremlins screaming, it still kind of slaps. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I, um, it's one of those ones that I'm, like... Will I like this, like, not having, like, the nostalgia factor of not having seen it when I was a kid? I hope so. But we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, at the very least, it'll fill in a couple blanks uh, in pop culture knowledge. It's true, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those instances. Please do not forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you don't, Harrison will get kicked in the balls. By I don't, me. I was just nodding. I'm <laughs> on our I was <laughs> on our audio format. Just, <laughs> by we, me like over and over again so just if you send us messages saying that like you didn't rate and review us i'm gonna have to kick harrison in the balls so when you say over and over again is it like you're just gonna keep keep going at him or are you gonna like kick me in the balls wait until i like recover and then kick me again it's definitely gonna be a heat of the moment thing oh okay so i'm not gonna know no nah. okay great <laughs> um each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. this week we're highlighting world medical relief Established in 1953, World Medical Relief is a multi-funded charitable organization whose mission is to impact the well-being of the medically impoverished on a local, national, and international basis. 
World Medical Relief achieves this through the collection of financial donations and goods, including medical, dental, and laboratory items, as well as through the purchase and distribution of such commodities. Visit www.worldmedicalrelief.org for more information. <sighs> Forgot to breathe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as always, go slay. And don't date Riley. Yeah. But also be gay. Yeah, especially if you're gay. Don't date Riley. <laughs> Oh, you know he'd just be one of those toxic gays.